0: the opinions expressed on the sprocast are those of the individual presenters and guests and by no means represents our respective companies employers sponsors or donors what is good sprocast nope you're Spro nation What's good, Spro Nation? This is another episode of Sprocast, and it's a special unique one because I'm here with Joey G, um, roaster and barista of Lofty Coffee, and we are currently in our hotel in Guatemala, our comfort hostel.
1: In a hotel.
0: <laughs> in a hotel. We
1: are staying in separate
0: rooms. Oh, yeah, no. No, we're in a hotel, yeah yes oh i see what it you're sounded saying like we were sharing a room <laughs> well we're in a we're in a room at the moment yes. we're in my room at the moment um because where else are you gonna record a, sporka- a sp- an episode of this podcast while traveling so this is really cool because this is joey's first time out of the country and my first time kind of uh running a sourcing trip for a coffee company and we can't wait to share what we've been up to it's it's our last day of what's been a very long week <laughs> and, week in one day and I feel like we've been going 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 and this is like our first kind of moment to like slow down and like kind of look back on what we've done this week <laughs> and yeah we just are gonna chat about how the week's been what we did, what we liked what we learned. And, um, while we're here recording this, we're sipping on a local brewery, um, Carijo Brewing Company, company. it's a local Guatemalan brewery that Joey found, and it's freaking delicious. Somehow I've, like, gotten into beer over the last, this year, 2020, the year of Siri getting into beer.
1: One of my proudest moments.
0: (laughs) Yeah, between you and Marco. One of my proudest accomplishments. (laughs) Between you and Marco, you've converted me, or something.
1: Delicious carbonated, hoppy, juicy beverage.
0: I'm sipping Kinda on perfect. a on a honey pale ale. Is that what? No, a honey blonde ale. A honey whit. Oh, a honey wit. Sick.
1: And I am sipping on a Guatemalan India pale ale from Pantera Brewing Company. Shout out to Pantera having the best fucking breakdowns of the 90s
0: <laughs> dude that's sick sometimes they come in and like joey's r- blasting that shit in the <laughs> production room sometimes most times yeah most times um but dude what the fuck have we been doing this week like goddamn we've been going 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 we started our trip out in in costa rica
1: well we started in phoenix
0: Yes, there was the whole travel bit. There was the that travel <laughs> bit
1: where I lost my Hydro Flask. Rest in peace, my 32-ounce friend. Dude, Hydro. all of my favorite stickers.
0: Oh, That's literally my I fear. I hope
1: somebody is putting it to
0: use. That is my fear with losing my Hydro Flask. Anytime I'm like, wait, where's my Hydro Flask? You can it's always a, buy a new Hydro Flask.
1: Lo- it's the fucking it's stickers. It's the
0: stickers because you put your favorite stickers on it. and
1: It'd be like losing the bumper of your car.
0: If you sticker it up.
1: If you had a car, <laughs> you... which I don't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but Theoretically. Uh,
0: fortunately, I did not lose mine, and my hydro flask has kept me very hydrated on this trip. Uh, I'm very thankful to it. I've been drinking at least two or three a day. Jay, you would be proud. <laughs> we miss you, Jay and Marco. I you
1: have been staying hydrated in a less sustainable way. <laughs> I've gone through... Countless root one use water bottles, <laughs> fortunately, sorry, Southern California
0: and something we've and the actually, world at large something that we learned on this trip is that they only recycle cans they don't properly recycle bottles like water plastic no. bottles well
1: i my thought on that is you can easily and cheaply melt down aluminum into a consistent um, metal, whereas mm-hmm. if you try to melt down plastic on a flame it would just it would burn it yeah in an unusable way yeah glass you need
0: they, like very
1: extreme heat yeah well something use.
0: uh in Huehue we we learned that yeah, Gallo, um, they reuse the bottle yeah and i i've noticed Gallo that in,
1: is the national beer of guatemala and it is delicious
0: i i had one it was pretty good it was like
1: it's a miller high life yeah it's delicious
0: <laughs> does the trick um yeah, uh, but but stay staying hydrated is definitely important when you're traveling, especially on a coffee sourcing trip.
1: It's also surprisingly mm-hmm. difficult in um, certain parts of Central America with the water quality and yeah. the access to water. Yeah. Um, it was crazy to see, like, houses in Huehuetenango that did not have running water.
0: Yeah. Specifically that last um farm we had visited that was like way up high like at Nineteen, 1900, 1900 meters yeah 1900 meters where no neighbors what's interesting yeah we were like on the top of the hill and look being able to look top. over the entire valley i think at
1: that point it's a mountain
0: seriously <laughs> yes it is a mountain but uh it's interesting how yeah you know we, as um coffee consumers think oh 1900 meters like the best quality coffee but that's not always necessarily true when it comes to being able to process it properly when it comes to like the amount of water that it takes to to produce and process really high quality coffees
1: i think that's also something else i learned on this trip is that's a regional struggle as well and um in guatemala What's so cool is every, essentially every farm has their own wet mill. A yeah. wet mill is something that you essentially take the skin off the coffee and wash it and then dry it.
0: Yeah. It's that, how-
1: that's all done by the farmer at the farm. Yeah. Whereas in Costa Rica, I mean, essentially that would be the case where the higher the altitude, the better.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because all of that coffee is. None of that coffee is t- is processed by the producer.
0: Yeah, it's brought to a central it's mill. Brought
1: to a central mill, like Copadota does, nine hundred farms.
0: Yeah, which actually brings me. I was gonna. I was gonna start um, by kind of breaking down our trip, and that's kind of where we started. Our first day in uh, Costa Rica, we went to the Terazu Valley and uh, went to visit a really amazing and beautiful. Uh, wet and dry mill called Gopadota and that's where we actually lofty coffee we source part of our morning dove uh morning dove blend which is our house blend for filtered coffee and we've actually used that coffee in the past in um in other blends and uh it was really to go back to what you were saying, Joey, of like seeing that difference between Guatemala and Costa Rica of how these communities in Costa Rica would bring it to the central mill, whereas here they it's like there's there's a lot of hands in the in the movement movement of coffee and
1: Costa Rica, the coffee industry or the coffee producing industry I should say, is very industrialized and very much like a country-wide industry whereas guatemala is a bit more diy
0: yeah totally um oh what did you think about dota
1: it was amazing it was it was incredible to see something of that scale yeah um it's i mean it's massive it's it's the height of it's basically the size of like a stadium arena. Yeah. Um
0: and even more so because there was even a farm behind it. A and farm even a place where they processed all of the um all of the depulped cherries yeah. that they pro- they processed into fertilizer or like compost yeah, to use as fertilizer. One of the
1: coolest things is they're completely sustainable and yeah. they recycle everything.
0: Yeah. Including their water, which was yeah. something really cool that we learned was um, specifically the, um, so some we're working with the coffee source in Costa Rica and they're working Shout on Shout out these, Fernando. Dude, so.
1: Such a homie. like
0: The homie, like he's now, like we were like texting the other day because he's working on this project. Um, it felt
1: like we were just hanging out with a dude in Costa Rica who is like also a um, colleague. Yeah a hundred percent just driving us around in his truck to all these places like taking us out to lunch grabbing us beers like just (laughs) such a homie
0: but um something with like the coffee stores that i learned um and that we we learned new we've been working with them for about a year plus now and learning how they're working on these projects that are to essentially um learn about what What coffee producers need to become more sustainable and to essentially and hopefully produce higher quality coffees so that they can be paid these premiums to um, so that they can, you know, continue to create these high quality coffees. And they're working on these projects and a specific one that I found was super interesting was like um, the water treatment because there's a lot of wastewater and like from the process of coffee. And being able to treat it properly so that it's not, uh, affecting the surrounding environments, which, you know, can then ultimately affect, um, communities and, and, and producers alike. So, um, I like just meeting Fernando and his team and like seeing these mills and the people that he works with and that in hand we work with and that there, there's so many steps to in- ensuring that we're doing it the right way and that, um, you know the not only is the coffee good but that we're keeping the environment in mind so that we can continue to to get this really beautiful coffee
1: i think another really cool thing that they're doing is you know above not above but in addition to all the um environmental things that they're trying to create a more sustainable effort in um is the social things that they're trying to do as well yeah um Something I hadn't even thought of until this trip was, you know, Central America being a very um, family-oriented part of the world. A lot of these, a lot of these farmers and pickers, coffee pickers, have very large families, and um, they're migrate
0: a lot. Of, specifically, pickers yeah. are migrants yeah. for the most part, where they migrate so to these, these different regions so that they can continuously work.
1: Mm-hmm. So, something that they're trying to Trying to improve upon, I think, believe they already have it in place in some parts, is um, daycare facilities mm-hmm. for these people's childrens. Um, otherwise, you know, it sucks to think about, but a lot of these kids sp- like go to the farms, yeah, go to the go to the fields with their parents, in very hot, hilly, unsafe. Conditions, yeah, and the coffee source is, you know, creating these daycare centers in safe areas with educational programs and social programs, so these migrants and locals can go work, work for the day, and their children can stay in that classroom,
0: stay safe, and probably learn. And you know, um, a big we don't really think about it, right? It's Like
1: daycare is just something. That's there. It's just, like, day- it's daycare, <laughs> you, know? you don't really think about it. It's just yeah. something that exists, that always has. Something
0: that um, also I'm taking away from this trip is, like, uh, is that um, – wow. Oh, that just also the discrepancy in how these, like, younger generations, you know, c- want to move away from – from the coffee producing world and seeing how places like Copa who set up um, different types of scholarship programs to help educate the youth in other ways of contributing to the industry where, you know, there's a, the majority of coffee producers are of an elderly, elderly age and, you know, their children decide that they want to pursue other things that might make them more money or give them more education. It's, a,
1: it's essentially the American version of a blue-collar job. Yeah. Whereas, you know, generations ago, is you know, you could take pride in being a mechanic or being a, a mailman or being in that sort of more blue-collar environment, whereas nowadays people want to be in the tech industry or the specialty, whatever industry.
0: But... But here it's coffee. Yeah, and and with that what happens is that you know we what happens to these farms when these farmers don't have people to take them over and i think that's still in question but um, i know we might be jumping around a little bit but something we saw here in guatemala and huehuetenango was people like jose who's a very young agronomist who probably our age i think he's like in his mid to late his mid to late twenties. And I, despite our lack of ability to communicate because I speak very little Spanish and he spoke next, next time to we're in English,
1: um, Central America, we will learn speak Spanish. We'll
0: speak Spanish. Yeah. Joey Fr- and I want to spro- learn. Spanish. <laughs> Sprocast,
1: please hold us accountable.
0: <laughs> we're going to learn Spanish. Honestly, it's, it's cool being here. Cause especially on this in Guatemala, being able to listen in to, uh, these conversations, I feel like I was able to like pick up on a lot of things. My confidence <laughs> level. Me.
1: I picked up on nothing. I can order a beer. I was beer. surprised in
0: can... myself. I was able to pick out a lot. It was really cool.
1: I can order a beer and ask where the <laughs> restroom is and say hello. And that's about
0: it. Um, But again, back to Jose. Holy shit. He was like, maybe, I mean, I, I feel like we met some very incredible people, but,
1: he's probably the most versatile person we met
0: i was just very inspired by him and the fact like he is a hard worker and he's working in huevo with the producers that primavera is working with um to ensure to help them and educate them in better practices to again um create a better to produce better coffee so that we can as coffee buyers and coffee consumers you know pay what that coffee is worth so that we can all um, be more economic economically stable because the supply chain is very very weird (laughs) um it's a a little a lot of steps there's a lot of steps that i hope that something like you know you specifically also i mean we have to meet our our customers where they're at but you still having um that face-to-face contact with with lofty like customers like, how... It's, like, me, the big question that comes out of this is, like, how do we get people to understand this? Because, you know, we, like, I, as a green buyer, want to pay more for coffee. Obviously, only if it's worth it. But that is what, something I want to do. But we can only do that if our customers are willing to, you know? So, it's, like, it is it is a chain and it is a cycle and we all have to have a hand in it. And...
1: how do you How do you think...
0: Can we communicate what, that? What
1: What do you think the the easiest way to communicate that is? Because right now we we are living in a culture where you can go to a nice bar and spend fifteen dollars on a four ounce cocktail and be okay with that. Yeah. You can go to a brewery and spend eight dollars on a pint of beer. And be okay with that. But you go to a specialty coffee shop and are charged $5 for a hand-brewed, ground-and-brewed-for-you cup of coffee, and you freak the fuck out. Well, Why do you think that is?
0: Because people don't understand where coffee comes from.
1: Do you think everybody understands where beer comes from or where spirits come from? No, but something that... Where do you think that that disconnect comes from? Well, I
0: think alcohol in particular has a different... People are willing to pay that because of the effect and addiction to alcohol. You know? Whereas coffee, I don't know if... I don't know if people have that same that same willingness because of it's it's because of also its culture specifically in the u.s where you can also go to 7-eleven that's just around the street and pay one dollar for fucking 24 ounces or whatever the biggest cup is so i think i think the culture of how what the coffee culture has been thus far plays a big role in that um and you know it's not I think that the five ten fifteen dollar cup of coffee is not for everyone, but agreed how do we get our everyday customer to to understand why it is that we're paying that much, why we're paying that much, and why they're paying that much and and I think it's I don't. I don't particularly know the answer, but I th- something that I am super inspired about with working in coffee and going on trips like this and talking to you and talking to Marco and Jay and every guest that we have on Sprocast is that something that is so unique to the supply chain of coffee is that first of all the amount of hands that it takes to get that coffee cherry to grow on a tree to then be picked and processed and dried and milled and bagged and and then exported and imported and cupped and all of that like there's hundreds of hands that that coffee is put through and and all each one of those people have like these unique stories and to me it's like about sharing stories and not just these coffee stories or these origin stories or whatever it's it's like it's people's lives (laughs) it's people's livelihoods it's and i and i i hate to make coffee seem like you know because at the end of the day it is just coffee but it's not it's actually all of hundreds of thousands of people's livelihoods and and their stories and i'm I'm getting really worked up about it, you know, <laughs> but I'm I, just excited about it and I'm excited to be a part of it. And I, I am excited to share that with anyone who's willing to listen because if they're willing to listen, cause we will, we will spread that knowledge of, of these other people's stories. And I just love people and I'm excited by people. Even if I can't speak their same language, I just, yeah.
1: <laughs> I think a lot of, And this just actually kind of came into realization for me. I think a lot of the disconnect comes from the way that we talk about our origin trips and our sea to cup stories and how we overly romanticize it. Mm -hmm. And I think the way that we communicate this to our guests, to our customers, is that there are these beautiful mountains in these beautiful countries and these estate owners who own all this land and are growing this beautiful coffee when in reality
0: it's humble people like Crispin it's
1: (laughs) or it's grimy ass dudes like I can't remember can't remember his name we we met the, a lot the, of farmers the guy, and the guy with way, a motorcycle.
0: I want to say his name was Carlos, but I could be wrong
1: yeah, <laughs> I feel bad. We'll um contact some people and have his name available later um was a grimy grimy dude with like dirt. he was a builder he, he was, was building a builder. house he had before he, he had fucking dirt and paint on his shoes. His cowboy boots by the way. Those His were sick. Jeans that looked like they were probably 10 years old, plus a shirt that was a shirt that was missing several buttons <laughs> and a Nike hat from like the 80s. And he's growing our coffee on the side of a mountain in a shanty house. It's not very romantic.
0: No. It's hard fucking work. It's,
1: very hard work. You have people <laughs> carrying hundred pound bags on their shol- hundred pound bags on their shoulders. And their heads. And their heads. <laughs> and running up ladders into trucks that are going probably places that they don't that they've never been to. Hmm. There's nothing romantic about it. And I think that's where some of the disconnect comes from is people don't understand the um unprivileged unprivileged nature of where coffee comes from, yeah, coffee comes from very poor parts of the world, yeah, like these people outside of their house and their farm, and maybe where their general store is, don't leave where they're from,
0: yeah, ever yeah no, I think okay. that I think that you are really that is very true and I think that I think it's like it's kind of like our responsibility as as coffee professionals who are seeing that and like this goes out to anyone else is that but I think I think the bigger question is how do you convey that to customers in a way where they're not gonna just dismiss it because I think I think that it's Mm -hmm. It's definitely easier said than done, because also you get you everything. Know. Everything is yeah, agreed. And so, so may, maybe maybe people will listen to this podcast and and get it. But I, mean,
1: I understand you can't you can't go in depth and get that real with, with every, every customer. <laughs> but I think just finding a way to convey the legitimate lives that are happening in Wayuutanango. Yeah. And then San Antonio Houston Yeah. Um is a good good place to start. Yeah. And you I know, think these like, are these are not wealthy estate owners looking over their I mean some of them are. Las Lajas is a beautiful estate. Yeah. a balcony that oversees the entire goddamn kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: beautiful patio. But not
1: everything is that.
0: Yeah. And I think uh I'm so I've been I'm I'm sure you've heard this, but up until we come here I've been telling everyone how goddamn excited I have been to like be on this trip with you because like you know I've only I've only been to Colombia was my first and only other time having been to a coffee producing country on a specific coffee sourcing trip but the more the more professionals that get that opportunity the more Understanding we have, and the more we can or the the better we can practice and work on conveying these thoughts and ideas and and the realities of where coffee comes from, and so I'm like especially I'm still your- really excited that we got to do this, and yeah. it's like now come to an end, and I know we're both tired and ready to go home, but very ready uh <laughs> i'm I'm like more than stoked that we got to do this together,
1: me too. <laughs> this has been fun, yeah. It's been uh, very exhausting. Yeah. But it it both feels like a blink of an eye and a month, way more than a and, week. And a month. <laughs>
0: uh yeah, it's funny cuz uh it Joe and I were, we were walking around town earlier and we were we were saying how uh everyone was like, "Oh, enjoy your trip. Have a good vacation." And we're like, "Yo, this isn't vacation." <laughs> coming here to work and uh it's definitely been work i mean it's also been fantastically fun and again it's work
1: in a different context
0: yeah um it's it's funny i think i think uh i've experienced this a bit just having traveled a lot and like i think a lot of other places other than the u.s have a different concept of time <laughs> but things what, what do you mean by that People are just in a hurry in the U.S. Whereas I feel like a lot of other parts of the world, things move at at their own pace. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah.
1: Every fucking restaurant we went to, I was getting antsy. We w- we would sit down, group of you know six eight people. We'd sit down. We wouldn't see a person that worked there for five to ten minutes. They'd come by, get everyone's drink order. You wouldn't get your drink for another 10 minutes. You'd finish your drink. Ask for another drink. Finish that drink. And then they would come by and be like, hey, do you guys want something to eat? It's like, <laughs> yeah, we're in a, a restaurant. I want something to eat. I'm, I came here because I'm hungry. It's just a different, yeah, it's a different
0: sense yeah, of in here. And, and, uh, Costa Rica's is vida, you know, just, just living for- life.
1: Just taking our time, doing our thing.
0: <laughs> Do you feel like what were the biggest standout differences to you between Costa Rica and Guatemala?
1: Oh, man. Um, as a country in general or as a coffee producing country?
0: Whatever comes to mind. Either one. Because I think in, in Costa Rica, our time was a, felt a little bit more laid back.
1: Very much so.
0: Whereas here we were traveling with you know more people, so it was a little bit more, relatively more structured.
1: Also, shout out from yeah. Copenhagen, Denmark, and Espen, the owner of that company, and Pa, they're... and Pa, the tallest person <laughs> at the moment in Guatemala, <laughs> probably standing at least six seven, a good foot and a half over the average Guatemalan. Oh man. Um, no, those dudes were awesome. They're from Copenhagen, Denmark, La Coffee. Um, Sourcing
0: and roasting l- prob- arguably some of the most beautiful coffees the world has to offer. <laughs>
1: Agreed. Um, okay, so back to your question. Yeah,
0: Cabra. Shout out. We'll tag you.
1: Yes. Um, man. Yeah, Costa Rica felt a lot more relaxed, a lot more we're just going to go do something and we have all these places that we need to do or need to get to but time almost doesn't matter like like be ready at 8:30 but we'll probably leave around 9 um that's sliding out
0: uh-oh here we can push it uh, against the wall um also there's a chair right there, there is- You're welcome to sit in it if you'd like.
1: This is softer, though. Um, (laughs) I think what was so interesting about Costa Rica um, is how close all of the coffee-producing areas are to the central downtown uh, of San Jose, um, whereas here in guatemala
0: <laughs> a little different a little different yeah
1: so in Gua- well
0: specifically to Huehuetenango, Tenango. where Huehu. we're not too far from fianas or like um antiqua true at least in the city
1: at least for our experience um in costa rica we would get picked up in the morning by fernando and drive maybe an hour hour and a half to yeah most a coffee production facility Um, and in guatemala it was we stayed at a hotel took an uber to an airport got on a small plane flew for an hour landed and then drove for three hours through not dirt roads but rock roads yeah one lane rough roads (laughs) one lane
0: yeah (laughs) Um I don't even know if you can call it one lane. It's more just it's a road and it's whoever wide. can fit on it is <laughs> that's how it goes.
1: It's about <laughs> as wide as a car and a half. <laughs> yeah. So when two cars pass each other, it's obviously not wide enough for both of those cars. So
0: someone's gotta back up. <laughs> someone's
1: gotta back up. <laughs> um
0: so you're thinking just, just the geographical um differences. Our...
1: Yeah, I mean, we didn't really get to experience Guatemala as a um, country very much outside of the very specific coffee producing industry. Yeah. Um, I mean, other than the brewery we went to a couple hours ago, we didn't see any of the city really. Whereas right. in Costa Rica, we spent a lot, we had a lot of free evenings. Yeah. We went to a lot of bars. Went to a gay nightclub doing a Lady Gaga drag show.
0: Yeah, that was a very serendipitous, beautiful accident. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, we can get back to our point. Sarah, you want to talk about that story real quick? Sure. It's so a Great story.
0: So we had a layover in Phoenix, Arizona. It got a little delayed and I was... I as as i do was doing yoga in the corner because we were on a plane and about to travel so i was like get a stretch in and (laughs) and joey went for a smoke (laughs) the difference between you and i had to go back
1: back through tsa uh
0: and there was a woman just sitting next to me and i i had actually before she had asked to join me i saw her like glancing at me and but i was like doing my thing you know, people. Someone doing intense yoga in the corner probably looks weird at an airport, but fuck it. Uh, and uh, in Phoenix, nonetheless. Yeah.
1: Phoenix, Arizona.
0: <laughs> but she, I took my shoes off. <laughs> um. Yeah. She eventually was like, "Hey, do you mind if I join you?" And I was like, "Yeah, of course." Like, come on. She like came down on the floor and we were doing our stretch together. And when, when Joey but got back, he was like we still have like an hour. Like, should we just like go grab a drink? And, and we invited her to join us and her name was Alyssa and she joined us and we, we got chit chatting. she was from the U S but is, um, teaching at an IB international school in Costa Rica. And, uh, we just chatted and, you know, she gave us a recommendation for a place to go check out and that was it. We, you know, we exchanged Instagrams, whatnot. Um, a few nights later in Costa Rica, we actually went to the place she suggested to us, which Fernando had also suggested to us. So I guess it was the place to go.
1: Double recommendation. Shout out. What was it called? I again? don't even
0: remember what it was called, it was to be honest.
1: Awesome. It was like a cool.
0: It was like a it was like a international food court where like they had food from all over the world. It like in the themes that they had like Costa Rican food, American food, Italian food, Indian food. And it was just like food and drinks and very communal it was great but um coincidentally joey you ran into her like at this place just it was one of her friend's birthdays and she was like oh hey we 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 joined them for a drink and the the next thing we knew they were going to um yeah it was a it was a gay club in downtown um san jose and it was one of her friend's birthdays and there was a drag show that night and we had we didn't have to be up super early the next day, so
1: we also didn't have a coffee
0: day. Yeah, which means um, we
1: didn't have to professionally taste, taste. anything. Yeah,
0: <laughs> we were kind of just like, okay, we can we don't have to be up super we can ab- early. We can abuse our bodies for. We can be a little reckless, so you know we we were like, fuck it, let's just go, let's join them and. Damn, do we have a hell of a time.
1: So much fun.
0: It was so fun. First they, of all, they it's,
1: had the best the best drink system yeah, of please any go place and I've ever it been
0: because it was freaking amazing.
1: So you walk up to the ticket booth and you pay your money and they give you for entry. For so entry. You, pay,
0: you get a little wristband.
1: You get your wristband and then you get a little plastic card. And you go to the bar inside and you give the bartender the card. You have to fight your way to the bar.
0: Yes, literally. There, there
1: is no line. There are 50 people trying to... More than 50. There's get, the
0: whole fucking nightclub trying to get a drink.
1: And there's one dude working. Shout out to that dude. Yeah, dude. He'll it. You give that dude your little pasta card and he gives you a beer. And then you go party for a little bit and you drink your beer. And then you go back to that dude with your empty bottle. Give him your bottle and he gives you a new beer. That just keeps repeating itself,
0: as many times as you like, <laughs> as many times as you probably want, probably until the place runs out of beer.
1: They ran out of two different beers. I started off with the Guatemala or the Costa Rica Imperial Pale Ale. They ran out of that. I switched over to the Guatemala Pilsen, the other national beer. Costa Rica, Costa Rica, yeah. We're in Guatemala right now. I know. It's um, all.
0: It's like like we said at the top of this episode. It's been a long week, and I'm sure. We are butchering some things, but we're, apologies. We're, we're getting there.
1: Yeah, they ran out a lot. I think at the end of the night, I was drinking like Corona or something.
0: <laughs> uh, I was drinking Mexican beer in Costa Rica. <laughs> but, I mean, to me, like traveling, whether, whether you just gotta sometimes go with the flow, and that our flow brought us there. And I don't know. Was that your first time at a gay drag show? gay bar a gay a drag show in a gay bar
1: the combination of the two yes <laughs> individually no
0: cool well it was an incredible show like between their like it was their their dance routines awesome. and it their was... like outfits they were so cool looking ah
1: in america that would have like drinks included and everything ticket and drinks included that would have cost
0: hundreds plus
1: a couple hundred dollars it probably cost us like twenty bucks. Twenty bucks. Yeah. Shout out Costa Rica. <laughs>
0: and we made new friends, which is, I think, again, is like, if if you're traveling, whether it's work or pleasure, like you should just be open to meeting people. And I think uh, to 100%. go to go full circle to like what we were talking about earlier with coffee and like how at the end of the day, you know, we're obviously coffee nerds who talk about TDS and roast profiles and and all the things that coffee nerds do talk about like at the end of the day it's about relationships the relationships and the people and being open to being in weird uncomfortable situations sometimes when you can't communicate with people but uh, like
1: when you're trying to take an uber back to the apartment and he takes you to a different part of the city but you don't Know exactly where your hotel is, and you don't know how to communicate. You're talking that... about in
0: Costa Rica when he, took <laughs> yeah. to like... when he took us to
1: like this like sketchy part of town where <laughs> there were these two dudes in tank tops, just like
0: and then someone banging on a drum. Did you remember Yeah, that? yeah. <laughs> someone was like badly banging on a drum. It was
1: a sketchy part of town, and he just like for some reason thought that
0: he pretty much these... kicked us out too. He was like, Get just, out of my just, car, yeah. He's just
1: like, Hey, this is where you want him to go. We're like,
0: uh, Okay. Is. yeah tangents back, back this to... is a ta- this is gonna be i hope you all enjoy it. it's a little tangenty but like also uh we it's all, part of, the it's trip. all a part of it you know i think um yeah so to talk a little bit more about the people that we met so at lofty lofty coffee we've been sourcing we source a lot of coffee from guatemala we we love Guatemalan coffees and a lot of our relationships
1: right now, five of the coffees we have on the menu or in blends are from Guatemala.
0: Yeah. And so the relationships that we've started here are really, really important and are really crucial that we, you know, visit these people and see where this coffee is coming from. And, you know, I think you know with uh while this was in Costa Rica you know having the mindset and thinking about how we can contribute to to their to them other than maybe buying coffee just buying coffee seeing these processes and seeing how if if there's anything in our capability to help them um that's a part of the job uh we on the first day in Huehuetenango first of all uh, did we did we talk about how we got there? We took a little a little like fifteen seater plane from Guatemala. I
1: think we mentioned that in the <sighs> difference between Costa and Guat.
0: Oh, just the amount of traveling. Yeah, yeah, where, where, yeah, we had to fly to Hue, Hue and then get on a get on in a truck and work our way there um, up into San Antonio. Uh, but the first day we got there, we met um, Francisco Morales, who is
1: the nicest person in the world
0: such a well, humble dude Well,
1: tied, tied with with crispin
0: i mean it's hard to say like who's the nicest person in the world because like, i think
1: they should arm wrestle
0: <laughs> that would be i i wonder if they're homies probably they're
1: probably drinking buddies
0: right or at least fruit buddies i mean they're neighbors they both grow fruit. yeah um but what a beautiful farm and you know he welcomed us into his home and he fed us this delicious i forget the what it he was made called us in spanish
1: lunch and served us simple syrup
0: <laughs> it was like lemon it was like it was like it was sweet lem- <laughs> water with like lemon flavor so it was
1: lemonade but without the lemon so it was just <laughs> sugar water but it was delicious
0: so to go back we i think we briefly talked about this at the beginning but like how a lot of A lot of these people, you know, don't leave their town. You know, they don't see where their coffee goes. And to be able to, as a a coffee roaster... to
1: Beautiful experience.
0: bring So something that I've mentioned on Sprocast before, but what I think if you have the capacity to, if you're a coffee roaster and you travel, you should always bring some of your coffee because then you can share it with people and it's a really great way to share what you what you do with people and then also potentially um, you know break the ice but with this in particular we brought all the coffees that we have already sourced and roasted back to the producers so that they can have the chance to taste their coffee in a way that we're we're serving or we're roasting it and something that uh, Francisco had said was you know he's a humble man who's come from humble beginnings and and he, never, he thought never he'd
1: be famous in america
0: he never thought he'd see i think the particular words in the translation of what he said was was he never thought he'd see his name on anything and the oh, fact yeah. which i think like you know that hits you in a way where you're like wow his like, like we, of course
1: we're gonna put your name on the bag yeah. you, you grew it yeah it's your coffee
0: <laughs> and to be able to to sh- bring that and share that, and to hear that, um, and yeah, to to sh- to show the full circle. You know, a lot of these producers, again, to what Joey said, doesn't they don't see past their neighbors, they don't see past their hometown, no. and to be able to bring that back and share share again that cycle in the supply chain of. No. Go ahead.
1: Can I add to that? Yeah, please. A lot of these farmers, this is one of the craziest things I learned on this trip. A lot of these farmers don't know what their coffee tastes like.
0: They probably have some, yeah, some people don't, don't have, they have never tried their coffee
1: or they've tried the coffee, like the defect coffee that they can't keep sell. that they Those keep the internally. They, yeah.
0: But his farm was just absolutely beautiful. And, uh, he was beautiful, his family was beautiful. Towards the end of the trip I was I don't actually know whose children I was playing with but there were these two gorgeous girls who I think they were six and eight.
1: She was piggybacking two little kids.
0: At a time I was running them around. We played tag. They were you know, again Freeze
1: tag to be Yeah, freeze
0: tag. <laughs>
1: Which is different than normal tag.
0: Were you guys just sitting on the patio watching us?
1: Yeah, me and um <laughs> Me and Pa were just sitting on the on the stoop smoking cigarettes watching you guys work your way out of breath. I was while we were working ourselves out of breath just sitting.
0: Were you guys joking about that? Oh yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, no, they pooped me out. I was as Joey mentioned right when I was done, I was, like, bright red and sweating and, like, we're you, at very high altitude, so I'm, like, completely out of breath.
1: You had to retire that entire outfit that day. Oh,
0: yeah. I literally put it in the very bottom of my bag. It was so sweaty and disgusting. <laughs> uh, and that's another thing. Pack light if you're ever coming to a producing countries because you're going to have to carry that shit around. But uh, just I, – I think, again – it's like almost more. So, you know, before we recorded, we were talking about like what were our favorite coffees that we tasted. And obviously, you know, our our, our job here was to taste and source good coffees for our coffee roaster. But like we,
1: we taste good coffee all the time.
0: At the end of the day, to me, it it the takeaways, like, you know, we we knew we wanted to work with the same producers that we did in previous years. I mean it's smart as a coffee buyer you know if the coffee is not up to quality but having visited these farmers and tasted their coffees eventually on the cupping tables of course we want to work with them again and we want to buy their coffee and um after, i think francisco and um crispin who's a another producer in huehue that we met who i want to say that was maybe one of my favorite moments of the trip was going there and meeting this man for the first time and by the way we we had
1: his name is in my notebook like in my like roasting notebook over a hundred times
0: <laughs> that's great
1: just it says crispin, crispin. and then oh wait <laughs> and that's how much of crispin i'm gonna roast that day
0: <laughs> um but first of all a backtrack on that story uh so we were traveling with the the team from la cabra and one of the things so pa who was doing some videography and photography for them uh they wanted very specific footage and they had actually asked um if they would wait on depulping the cherries of that day's harvest uh and they waited for us, but the the kicker was that we were gonna have to help them depulp uh, <laughs> and
1: it's a nasty mess,
0: yeah, uh, but it's a
1: lot of fun, but it's it's messy
0: getting there, I felt like I was coming home to a like an old friend or an old family friend, and just so welcoming and w- such a sweet person he was so happy to have us and we gave him, we were very happy to give him a bag of coffee and he
1: feels like everybody's
0: dad dude he's the homie and his his whole patio they, there's like he had a garden we, I, I weirdly enough over this trip i used to not really like tomatoes but i like tomatoes now which is a weird thing and tomatoes a huge thing i never thought so i'd ever like um he had a, like a beautiful little garden a beautiful giant patio um, and he's working on some very interesting process methods and um, just a really humble, beautiful person who shared his his fruit, both, both cherry, coffee fruit, and also actual fruit. He had like a bunch of melons and papaya to share with us.
1: That was the sweetest watermelon I've had in my life. It was so
0: good. But um, to get a little bit more into some of the coffee stuff, one of my biggest takeaways while while visiting crispin and his his wet mill um on his farm was amazing one of my biggest takeaways and one of the like biggest like kind of i wouldn't say mind blowing but just like really like having a better understanding of was was processing and specifically in wayway tanango on how uh, how intricate it is and how you know you could grow a coffee at nineteen hundred meters, but if it's not processed well, it's not going to be a good green coffee. And well,
1: something interesting that Crispin does is his his farm, his like actual like coffee plants are higher in elevation than his house where mm-hmm. he processes, so he actually has the benefit of running water.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. Uh, I think really seeing these like minute things, and then we also we're so um, specifically in Guatemala. We work with um, an import export company called Primavera Coffee, La Central de Cafe. Shut up, Primavera. Nadine, oh my God, she is actually like goals. I look, I look up to her and have so much respect for her because she is such a badass. Like, she's young and she's passionate. She's and done a
1: lot of shit she, in a short amount of time.
0: She, and she knows a lot. Cupping with her was, like, honestly very eye-opening and also very humbling in showing.
1: And intimidating.
0: <laughs> I, I was, I felt a little Maybe less intimidated, but more, more just like, oh, wow. I actually, I cup almost every day, and compared to her, I am years away from being as skilled of a copper as she is
1: <laughs> i think it made me feel intimidated just based on like how many times i had to go around the table to like once she's like,
0: like that that's fermented. I, I would, that is a dirty to, cup <laughs> like
1: go around the table like three times like trying to form an opinion on a coffee just like do i like it do i not what do i not like what do i do like and she's i've been tasting anything yeah, yeah. <laughs> And this just tastes exactly like the last coffee. <laughs> she goes around. She's like, dirty, fermented. That's nice. Wouldn't buy it. It's <laughs> like, not like, like, she's not a negative person by any means. Or a, like, she just, she, has just, a- she fucking knows her shit. what she knows.
0: But something, what you know what she knows? And something that I feel like, especially the disconnect of seeing the coffee being processed. And something she sees On the weekly basis because she's not only is she running a cafe, an import-export company, she's on, she's in the field working with producers to help them produce better coffee. And a lot of it is in the processing. And so being able to see, we went to visit, we went to visit one, two, over five or six producers and farms in In Huehuay yeah and uh and seeing how each of them first of all have different access to things but how they are also utilizing what they have and and also hearing while we were there you know we were there to meet these producers but nadine was there to work hand in hand so that she can, so that they can produce better coffee so she can then hopefully buy them because like joey was saying you know at the end of the day today specifically we cupped four different tables over 200 cu- coffee cups of coffee not 200 coffees but like it was, literal cups of coffee
1: it was 16 16 18 and 17 three cups of each coffee i think it I mean somebody can check my math if they want to. I think it was We're not
0: doing math anymore, okay? No. <laughs> Don't ma- make us do math.
1: <laughs> Dude, numbers are hard. Um Especially when it, it was a rough one. It was it was over two hundred cups of coffee.
0: Yeah. But not
1: like full cups, but like, you know, like tasting. Like we we were using fi- spit cups. Know, five or six six slurps of each coffee.
0: Yeah. And uh it um Just, you know, she was tasting the people's coffee that she visits and sometimes having to reject it if it's not up to par. But she's still on the on in the field working with them to to advise them in in processing methods and ways of producing better coffee so that she can buy them. And so she she has she's a Q grader and a Q process has her Q processor and like um just like learning more about fermentation and there was a very cool little tool that's from Columbia that, you know, farmers could use to measure certain amounts of fermentation. So they're not over fermenting their coffees. Um, and I was just, I just learned so much about more of the, the like agricultural and then processing methods. And I, I feel like something we were talking about over over our evening at this cool brewery of
1: i think this is what i was about to jump are we all the same about
0: about how we know nothing
1: about (laughs) no about how as um myself specifically outside of siri siri being a green buyer um as a barista and coffee roaster I essentially have at my access the cream of the crop of perfect green coffee. So, any weirdness in the coffee we have at Lofty is uh, roast issues or brew issues. I've never, I've never cupped coffee where the issue at hand is the growing part of it.
0: And processing part of yeah, it. And processing part of it. Yeah. So
1: in my experience, I take a I cup of coffee, I'm just like, that's roasty or that's sour, that's bitter. Like, let's change the, the brew profile, let's change the roast profile. Whereas in this situation, it's like, this coffee is funky as fuck. This is like spoiled kombucha with sour candy brewed inside of it. It's a processing issue. Never thought about that. Right? Never thought about that at all. Yeah. I never realized how much of an influence processing had on coffee.
0: Is your mic on? Is it? Check your check your button. Is it up? Yeah. Okay It's up. Cool. Your your sound waves are a little low. But maybe That's it's just your tone hardcore. of voice. I think vo- you're good. I
1: got a low voice and doesn't have a lot of range. Cool. Be a great hard hardcore singer.
0: Honestly, the few times you've like fake screamed on this trip, I have thought that exactly. I'm like, yo, Joey could be a hardcore singer. Are you in your room? <laughs> <laughs> that's great
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, rest in but peace. rest in peace warp tour
0: oh man shout
1: out warp tour <laughs>
0: <laughs> side chance. but um yeah so back a little bit back to like that perspective that's really cool that you can uh, again to go back to my excitement of having you up join me on this trip is like
1: thank you by the way oh great, great trip to be on
0: dude Literally, we've had such a good time. We haven't even gotten sick of each other. <laughs> I mean, arguably. <laughs> You're like, actually, I'm totally sick of you. <laughs> just
1: gonna plead the fifth on this one. <laughs> nah, I've had not gotten sick of you. No,
0: Joey, Joey just needs his alone time. <laughs> Joey's over with people. <laughs>
1: it honestly doesn't matter who I'm around. <laughs> After a certain point, I fuck people. <laughs> I need to be by myself for a minute. <laughs>
0: uh yeah i'm i'm but back
1: to what you were saying
0: uh, oh oh that 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 it's cool that you can just see that perspective Oh um, Yeah. uh and yeah i just think it's fucking it's fucking cool i think that it's funny recording this podcast right now because i think there's gonna be a ton of shit when we're like on the plane or we listen back on this we're gonna be like damn it why don't we talk about that but that's okay we can do like a follow-up or something
1: let's let's think right now for two seconds what are we missing
0: <laughs> well i i don't want to think too hard about it because awkward silences on a podcast is weird you um, talk
1: i think and then we'll trade off
0: <laughs> well no i just i think that uh my bi- i mean obviously besides the coffees that we're gonna be you know serving at lofty coffee in the next year uh, shout out,
1: Lofty Coffee.
0: Always, yo, yo. We do. We. I think we do. Cool. Hold on. I'll, I'll. I'll go on a Lofty tangent. We yeah. do cool shit that I think some people don't know that we do. Like, we, we make everything in house. Besides, we don't have cows in the back, and you know. We don't. Shout make- outs to Prager Brothers, and like the few. We other We don't things. make our own pickles. <laughs> I feel like we could make our own pickles. We could make our own pickles. We have. Well, we do here. We 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 pickle our own onions, dude.
1: Yeah, but we don't pickle our pickles.
0: Okay, but we pickle onions. We do some sweet onions.
1: Yo, we need to buy cucumbers. We
0: need to start. I'm gonna hit up Eric. We need to start.
1: I'm gonna hit up Eric the day we get back. Yo, Eric, we need to add cucumbers to our produce order (laughs) and start fucking pickling. The pickles
0: we get are really, really good. I I
1: don't like pickles. And but you like just,
0: lot, you like our pickles.
1: No, I hate our pickles. Oh, <laughs> I just hate pickles. I like gherkins. I like those little like sweet pickles, like yeah. the little you see them on like olive boards. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> but for the sake of scratchy everything company, we need to make our own pickles.
0: Well, I think that something I always mention is like if someone can do it better than us, like we'll 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 work with them. But we don't. I don't think we get enough credit. But and people think we're stuck up or something, but I think we're not, and I think we're pretty dope. And I'm, I'm, I'm more than fortunate and happy to work for such an amazing company that, very, that sends very us very
1: proud to work for Lofty Company. I am
0: very proud. I mean, the fact that we get to be here and be working, uh, and meeting these amazing people.
1: The fact that we were able to go on this trip and now, one of the best wrestling companies in the world knows who lofty coffee is and like now lofty is going to be shared about in europe yeah like that's pretty cool
0: that is very cool i'm very happy about it but the my, my at the end of the day and i think this is how i feel whether we've made it on this trip or not you know this can go to to talk about that chain and that cycle like this goes out to our customers who support us to be able to do things like this. Like the, I, I just want to always stay humble and, and be engaged with the people that make this possible for me. And I just, my heart is very full for, for everyone involved. And I, yeah, I I don't have much more to say on that and I'm just really
1: in the words of Forrest Gump. And that's all I got to say about that.
0: (laughs) Uh, That's a good one. Shout out Tom Hanks. Yeah. America's dad. And I mean, again, I think we're going to, I'll look back. I'm about to post this episode literally right when we're done recording. So (laughs) yeah, it's going to be out there for everyone to hear what, why are you surprised by that? Yeah. Oh, I'm not even going to. No, that's not a secret. <laughs> no, it's pretty open. Um, podcast
1: no. is not a live show.
0: Oh, no, no, no. It's definitely not a live show. <laughs> it is oh, God. not
1: recording in front of a live audience.
0: Um, oh, God, that wouldn't be good. No, just joking. <laughs> uh I no, I mean I'm sure everyone who listens to this hears that we say um and like probably way too much, so sometimes I'll chop out those ums and likes. But uh Huh? Huh? Um, um what? Wait like
1: um, <laughs> Wait, like um like what are you talking about, <laughs> dude? Um, Bro. No, <laughs> like, but like what are you talking about? <laughs> we're from san diego yeah we are definitely
0: from san diego uh (laughs) yeah i i i hope this fucking made sense and that everyone takes a little bit something away from this and if anything it's just just it's so easy for us coffee professionals in america to become jaded in what we do and think we're the fucking shit. And, you know, we like, I, like I, we were just bragging about lofty. We do cool things, but like we can't do it without the hundreds of hands that have, have made this possible to serve these amazing coffees to amazing people. So shouts out to everyone involved. And I, we took like a fuckload of Im- photos and videos and like images, 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 we have image still and moving images, and so many images. <laughs> and uh, I, 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 my plan. I definitely have not posted much since being here because it's. I just have a hard time like posting and taking photos and being present and doing all of it at once. Uh, but I think in the in the near future, I think with the visuals of it, it will help convey the intensely hard work that is involved, and and maybe show. To, to take away from what you were saying joey show that it isn't as romantic and yes it's beautiful in, in in it's in its own way but it's not it's not what it's not what you think it is until you really see it and again just extremely humbled are you humbled
1: very humbled
0: okay bitch be humble <laughs> sit <Excuse> down <laughs> you know that song what song kendrick lamar oh (laughs) i'm not calling you a bitch i'm just saying bitch be humble (laughs) so
1: speaking of songs and music
0: yeah that's always a part of sprocast what do you have to say
1: um there's been a lot of long car rides and airplane rides and waiting at the airport and just a lot of you know a lot of headphone time What have you been listening to on this trip, Siri?
0: So, I've actually had very little headphone time. I mean, I've listened. Oh, yeah, you lost your headphones. Well, no, I I have a second pair, but I actually, besides our flight here, I listened to some music, but on the, on the, on the, uh, and then. On the car rides, I didn't listen to any because I rode with Nadine and she likes reggaeton and I like reggaeton. And so we were getting into reggaeton. (laughs) I put my headphones on
1: the second I heard steel drums.
0: (laughs) That's so funny. No, she – so she played some reggaeton playlist that she had and I actually shazammed like a thousand songs and I'm going to make my own. So
1: that counts. You've been listening to a lot of reggaeton.
0: No, no. That was my point. Um, But also I actually – I meant, I meant to download a bunch of music because these days, you know, all you do is stream. I miss the iPod days, TBH, um, where you have all your music on an MP3 player, but I forgot to download a bunch of stuff. And so actually one of my go, my go-to travel music, and I don't know why, I think it's because it fits a lot of moods for me is like, I could sleep to it, but I can also listen to it. Don't judge me. Um, is erica badu like all of every single one of her albums i like to just shuffle them and cold play (laughs) not every one of their albums but like hell yeah like though for some reason like i can just like i can literally just have only that downloaded and like shuffle that and like i can sleep to it i can listen to it if we're on a thing like i can do whatever with it so Fucking listening, Coldplay, listening to Coldplay and, and
1: is, <laughs> Coldplay is the sonic equivalent to watching the sunset from an airplane.
0: Yeah, and to me, I, it's just so easy to sleep too, and like I can just do that. Also, like yeah, again reggaeton, like J. I I don't uh J. uh Bolvin Bolvin whatever in Spanish, and I'm not pronouncing it right. What
1: are some of those um crazy techno bands that Fernando was showing you?
0: Oh yeah, dude. Oh you know, fuck,
1: Fernando is like into, into some like crazy dance, shit.
0: like EDM. Fuck, what? What did I? You
1: saved fuck, some of I it. I
0: did. Hold on, let me see. Shit. Damn, I don't. Uh, I don't know, man. I forget. But yeah, that that was good. I'll have to text. I'll text him and ask him because. Yeah, always looking for new music, and it's cool when you travel, you hear you hear different stuff. So, uh, what have you been listening to? Because you've actually been more on your headphones than I have.
1: I have been on my headphones quite a bit, probably to the sacrifice of getting to know people. Um, <laughs> I get so I get very um, mentally exhausted with conversation at times, and there's certain situations where. Music is the only noise that I want to hear. So I've been listening to a lot of music. I've been listening to a lot of music that I'm very familiar with. I haven't really been listening to anything new. I think because I'm in such a foreign and unknown area to me, listening to music that I'm extremely familiar with has been very comforting. So I've been listening to a lot of um, The Wonder Years, Sum 41, and Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, when I'm trying to unwind. Nice. So, Car Rides, it's been The Wonder Years, and Sum 41, like my two favorite pop-punk bands of all time. Yes. Then Going to Bed, it's been Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, and just the most depressing, somber music you can imagine.
0: (laughs) Just to wind down.
1: Yeah. Oh, and... This new band that I've actually I actually started listening to. A friend introduced me to this band like three years ago, and I listened to a couple songs, and I was like, yeah, they're cool. And Then I forgot what they were called and never listened to them again. Then I was reintroduced to them maybe like a month ago. I've been listening to them a lot on this trip. They're called Pup.
0: Oh, I know Pup.
1: Dude, Pup is sick.
0: Dude, that's awesome.
1: I've been listening to Morbid Stuff on repeat.
0: That's so good.
1: So good. Shout out Pup. If you haven't listened to (laughs) Pup, Pup. they're amazing. It's like everything that's amazing about emo rock is Pup.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so tomorrow we we leave. We need to be at the airport around 5 a.m.,
1: which is 5 a.m. Guatemala time. Yeah. It's it's like 3 a.m. California time. Yes.
0: And time changes. And we're off back home. Dude, the time
1: changes in right California when we get back. When we get back, so it's gonna be what like it would normally be a two hour time difference. Is it? Does it turn into a I, one, think, no, it a one I think no, because I think it or or... doesn't
0: happen till Sunday.
1: Yeah, but we get back on Saturday. It's basically it's it happens over the weekend.
0: But like it won't like we're gonna get on Saturday and then Sunday we'll wake up and we'll lose an hour.
1: And we have Sunday off.
0: Thank thankfully. <laughs> Uh, and thank you. Shout out to Eric for thinking about that. We wait for what?
1: For thinking about that and not scheduling me on Sunday. Oh, yeah. Which is yeah. I Um, always work Sunday.
0: Yeah. I, I specifically planned the trip so that we would be back not on Monday. So, uh, that we would have that day off. So good for that. Um, what was it? I. Yeah, we're gonna. Um, thankfully, we roasted enough coffee.
1: <laughs> what twenty five hundred pounds in four days?
0: <laughs> Something like that. A lot of coffee.
1: Some big fucking days.
0: <laughs> and and I think I'm hoping it set us up to not have too big of days when we get back. But uh, all in all, what a great trip. And you know, I'm sure when we get back, recording with the the regular Sprocast crew, that being. Big J and Marco, there'll be more Big to... J un- SD. Big JSD. Big JSD and Broken Poor. Uh,
1: Shout outs to the actual crew. Yeah, dude.
0: It's all okay. right. You're a part of it, you know? I think ev- everyone who's been a guest is, like, a part of the, the Sprocast fam, so...
1: You make my heart warm.
0: <laughs> Sprocast fam and Spro-nation, that's you. Thank you for listening. Uh, we, Yeah, just humbled, and, and with that, just stay humble, because that's that's the only way we're going to be able to share not only our own stories, but the the people that we meet along the way. So with that, peace and love to all listeners and everyone involved in the coffee supply chain. Any last words? No. Great.
1: Like, probably, but nothing I can think of at the moment. Yeah. We, I'll, prob- we, I'll probably... Think of last words in five minutes after this. That's
0: cool. Maybe we can, like, we could do like some little stupid vlog at the airport or something. Stupid about (laughs) that. You're like, (laughs) we could do like an awesome vlog. Let's do an awesome vlog. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Well, sick. Thanks for joining me on this trip, Joey. This is great.
1: Dude, thank you for bringing me on this trip. (laughs) It's honestly been like one of my biggest goals since. My first day as a specialty coffee barista at a different company three and a half years ago.
0: To make it to origin? To, yeah. Sick. Well, we made it. Fuck yeah, we're high-fiving.
1: That was the sound of a high-five. Teamwork. Makes the team work. (laughs) All right. If you say it the right way, it grammatically makes sense.
0: Hey. (laughs) Grammar. All right. Bye. Bye.